but we are the map makers, big and small in all of the situations in our lives. And so that's the spirit, that's the spirit of going big picture. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. As technology professionals, we are faced with countless decisions each day. Heck, as human beings, we are faced with decisions each and every day. As life throws challenges and obstacles in front of us, many times we need to change directions or pivot. How we handle those pivots says a lot about each of us as leaders. Today's guest is my dear friend, Andrea Butcher. Andrea is the CEO of HRD, a leadership development company. She is also one of the founders of NextGen Talent, and she is the host of a daily, yes, daily podcast. <laughs> being at work and daily doses. She is also the author of Power in the Pivot, Leadership Lessons from Being at Work. In her book, she not only shows us how to make decisions when faced with those challenges, but how we can learn, grow, and gain strength through those pivots. Welcome to Status Go, Andrea. Hey, Jeff. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm so glad to be here and connect with your audience today. Well, as I was saying before we went on the air, I, I saw your book come out, saw the, the post on LinkedIn about it, downloaded a, a copy, an ebook version of it. And as I was uh, uh, digitally thumbing through it, I realized we really had to get on status go and talk about this. So I'm, I'm very excited. But before we dive into the book, could you give our listeners an idea of your background, your journey? What yeah. brought you to here today? Yeah, I have always been someone who was really passionate about developing the potential within people. I think that's one of the best ways we can love and serve each other is to encourage and lift up and see the strengths and the gifts that we each have. And so I have been so blessed to get to do that throughout my entire career as an HR and a leadership development facilitator and executive coach. I mean, I I often say, Jeff, I think I have the greatest job in the world. I'm a professional encourager and mm -hmm. it's aligned with who I am naturally. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I come alongside leaders, just encouraging them to be their best. You know, and and I know our, our listeners can't see you, Andrea, but your face lights up when you just when you describe <laughs> that. Um, and that's one of the things that I have grown to really appreciate about you is that the, the joy that you bring to your work, mm -hmm. no matter what, wh whether it's next gen talent, whether it's HRD, whether it's mm -hmm. the podcast, you just bring this joy with you. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I mean, at this point in my career, I I've gotten really clear on what I'm good at and my gifts and strengths. And so I, yeah, I just, I, I'm intentional about bringing those into every conversation, everything I'm doing. I feel so, I feel so blessed. So thank you for acknowledging that. Well, let's dive into the book. Um, what what sparked this idea, the power in the pivot? Where, where what was the germination of that idea? Well, you you in the intro that you that you did, you talked about the podcast being at work, <clears throat> and I'm fortunate to at this point to have connected with over 150 executives as a part of that show. 
And after the first year, so the first year of the show, July of 2019 to August of 2020, we had 52 guests because it was a weekly show. Mm -hmm. And we were on a family trip and I was reflecting on the 52 stories. I have a process where I take notes and I actually have a, have a, had a piece of paper with notes written for all those 52 guests. And as I was looking across them, I was struck by the, the commonalities in the conversations. You know, I, I asked every one of those guests, tell me about a pivotal moment in your life that taught you a lot about your leadership. And so what, what I had was I had 52 pivots and not surprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, I don't know. I, I didn't really, I didn't go into it thinking that this would be the case, but it was so apparent to me, the things that allowed those leaders to really navigate those challenging situations. There, the themes were so common and across all of the stories over and over and over. And so I, I call the book, you know, the power in the pivot, because as I reflected on him, it was what gave them strength and energy mm-hmm. to keep going. And, you know, Jeff, you know, I, I suspect that you can think of lots of times in your career where uh, for me, like I cut and run or I withdrew or mm-hmm. I didn't step into it. I didn't press into it. And gosh, I missed out on growth in the process. And so I thought these are incredible stories. I can, I can see them in my leadership. So there's an opportunity here to bring them to life for readers. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's where the book came from. So you, in it, you, you kind of categorize those 52 lessons into uh, some themes. What, what are the three themes? I don't, I don't want to give too much away about the book, but I, I, I want to dive into the book here. So what were the three themes that emerged for you? Yeah, and I would love, rather than just listing listing them, I'm such an experience kind of person. So I would love to, you know, for anyone listening to this, to really think about a, a challenging moment, a tension moment, you know, call it a pivot, call it a transition. You know, you're you're in a situation where there's there's a feeling of chaos. There's a feeling of like, oh shit, I don't know what to do here. I'm I'm confused. It's cloudy. You know, we can all relate to that, you know, big and small, macro and micro. And those those were the situations these guests found themselves in. And so across all of the stories, there was the sentiment of I needed to somehow come up from that, like being in the muck of what is. And so theme number one is big picture. I, I ended up calling it go big picture because there's lots of ways in which you can do that. You know, a lot of guests talked about having a vision, having a values, having values, um, having to reinvent themselves, having to rewrite the storyline that's going through their head. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of took all of those and named it Go Big Picture because it was literally like getting out of the, the muck and seeing the situation from a different perspective, seeing the opportunity in it, seeing the possibility of what could be in, in the situation rather than blaming, rationalizing, yeah. bitching about it, venting about it. You know, it's it's having the discipline to say like, okay, this doesn't feel good. I know I have to switch things up, pivot, do something differently. And so I, I'm I'm in control. You know, I, I'm I'm I have the power to see this differently. Yeah. And well, while we're on that theme, I, I want to dive into one of the one of the people that you quoted uh, in there. Um, you relate an interview you had with Chris Byers of Formstack, 
Yeah, and so good. Uh, loyal Status Go listeners will recognize Chris. He's been on our show as well, right here on Status Go. So as you reflect back now on that conversation with Chris, what struck you from that conversation? Yeah, what I so love about that conversation is he calls himself a very pragmatic leader. And, and, and said that, you know, as a CEO, I know that I have to spend time thinking about the future, but that's not naturally a strength of mine. So I had to have, he said, I had to have the discipline of naming what the future could be. And that is his definition of a vision. It's just, it's, it's seeing a place in the future, three to five years. And he used his team to help him get there, but mm-hmm. seeing that place and saying, okay, this is what I think it could be like. And he said, and that was hard for me as a pragmatic leader, but I recognize the power in that of helping people to move forward into that new place. Because if I don't define it, he said, then if you know if you don't know where you're going, like where, what are you, what are you going to do? You're likely mm-hmm. to end up someplace else. You're likely to stay where you are. Well, and I, and we're going to get to the visioning process that you have uh, later in our conversation because I think that is so that is so powerful. Uh, and when I think of uh, that lesson of having a bigger picture to go to. It, what really strikes me about that is uh, your team wants to have direction. Yes. They want that yes. vision uh, to go forward, right? And, and um, one of the things that I've seen you do very well is convey that vision to your team, whether it be HRD, whether it be the board at Next Gen Talent. So What are some of the things you use as a leader to convey your vision? Yeah, for me, the most important thing is that it is a shared vision, that there's there's a way for people to see themselves in it, you know, connecting it to their interests and what's important to them. Yeah. Cause that way it becomes, it becomes the glue that binds all of us and it mm-hmm. gives us something to go back to, you know, I think most of us could probably relate to this in personal relationships. You know, my, my husband and I have a, have a process where every year we sit down and we look at our 10 year vision. It's something that we created when we first got married in 2016 and in the midst of arguments or tough decisions or something happens with the kids, we can always go to that. Like, okay, let's mm-hmm. filter this decision through our vision and let's, let's make a, let's, let's determine a course of action based on what we have agreed to, what we want, what we're co-creating. And so it gives us such a strong foundation to, to always rely on. Well, and, and our teams need that foundation too, right? They, they need Same to thing. be able to, uh, as they're faced with, we can't be there as leaders every time they're faced with a decision. Right. So if they've bought into the vision, then they can use that as the litmus test for decisions that they have to make. Absolutely. And it, so it provides so much comfort, doesn't it? I, I think of a vision also in like a strategic plan. I mean, call it, call it vision, call it strategic plan, call it even a goal, call it your top three focus area. Mm-hmm. It gives, it provides an em, like emotional stability within a business because it is the thing that we can all rally around because there's so much going on that we can't control. So it's like, okay, I've got something I can lean on. I've got something I can focus on. That's, yeah. that's what a vision does. Well, and I, I love in the book how as you, you lay out these three themes uh, and then 
you dissect those three themes into, into chapters, you end each chapter with a set of coaching questions. And I, I first of all, as, a, as an author myself, I love to see how other authors construct their book. Yeah. And I love that you end with those coaching questions. Uh, to, to me, because I'm a big fan of journaling, they, they yeah. almost felt like journaling prompts nice. uh, to them. What was the process that you used to come up with those coaching questions at the end of each chapter? Oh, gosh, I love that question. So no one has asked me that. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> it, it was very purposeful. You know, I, so I do not like being told what to do. I never have. I probably never will. And so I, I'm always very cautious of how I talk about these things. And because I, I don't want it to sound teachy or preachy, right? This mm-hmm. is because we are all on a journey. And because I believe so much in the potential of people, I feel like my greatest gift is just is asking questions. And so I felt like actually the, the, the initial manuscript did not have those coaching questions. And I had some colleagues read the book and one of my colleagues actually suggested, Hey, you know, you're, you're a coach and you're always asking questions of us. You know, did you, had had you thought about including some coaching questions in the book and like, Oh my gosh, yes, that would be so natural. So it was, it was really fun. So literally I just went back through and read all the chapters and just, what are some good coaching questions to, mm-hmm. to help people really reflect on their own experiences? Yeah. I mean, that was, that was really the goal. I, I love that as opposed to uh, action steps, right? Yeah. Instead of go take these actions, right. go think about it, reflect on it, and come up with your own actions. You got it. That's, that's the key, that. isn't it? I, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and even... And it, one of the things I liked about the the questions is that, you know, the, the, the themes are big, broad themes and there's so much goodness in each of those, but the, like the, the individual aspect, like what those look like for each individual will look very different. Yeah. You know, like going big picture can mean hundreds of different things to hundreds of different people. So with coaching questions, it really allows people to, you, you make of this, what the concept is so good, but mm-hmm. you make of it what, what you want for you. It's, it's, it's almost like the, that theme of going big picture, right? I'm just going to ask a question and let you decide what it looks like. That's right. I, um, you, Jeff, you will love this quote. It's so funny how life gives you the things you most need, given the people you're talking with. I, I have this little daily quotation that pops up. And today's quote, are you ready for this? It's so good. It's it's, it's, it's a quote you're going to love. So it's Philippa Sue, who uh, she was in Hamilton. She okay. was Eliza Hamilton in Hamilton. So an incredible actress. She says, there's no map for you to follow and take your journey. You are Lewis and Clark. You are the map maker. I love that. I, I love knew that. you would. Yes. yes. You're Lewis and Clark and your history buff. But yeah. isn't that good? Like you are the map maker. And so mm-hmm. each of us, and I just, I, I'm just going to step up on my soapbox for one minute. Cause this is just, this is, this is such an important message that when we get this, our lives can change that because so much of the time we are reacting to all of this stuff. No, we are the map makers of our life on, mm-hmm. um, on Friday evening, I was so excited to have, it had been such a full week 
and we had some people coming over to our house and I was so excited to have just a little bit of quality time with my, my family, my husband and our, our two youngest. And so I had ordered food for all of us from Slapfish, our favorite restaurant. I got everyone what they loved and couldn't wait to have the Hawaiian bowl, which is my favorite dish. And so I was unloading the food and all of a sudden I realized they didn't include the sauce for my Hawaiian bowl that I love so much. And I found myself getting so frustrated as I was unpacking every else suit. Mm-hmm. Like, Gosh, darn it. How dare they? Yeah. <laughs> I've been looking so forward to that. But all of a sudden I realized like, okay, Andrea, you can turn this moment into like a, a, a complain fest, you know, you, or you can sit down and you can eat the food that they gave you with the people that you love and create a really great moment that you wanted. Mm-hmm. And so, I, you know, and I don't know, like it, I'd like to think five years ago, maybe I wouldn't have caught that so quickly Mm -hmm. and maybe so it's growth, right? But we are the map makers, big and small in all of the situations in our lives. And so that's the spirit, that's the spirit of going big picture. I, I love, I love that example because so often we let those little things get in the way of the bigger experiences. You got it. So the, the second theme in your book, uh, it was one of my favorites actually is, is the focusing on relationships, right? It's because when you think about work or even our personal life, it's all about the, the relationships The the chapter that really jumped out at me, uh, probably because this is the, one of the areas that I, uh, struggled with in, in my career is, was the chapter on leading up. Mm -hmm. Uh, that topic for me comes up a lot personally. Um, but also as I speak to it leaders across the country, I think other it leaders kind of struggle with that. So when you think about that leading up, what are some of the strategies that you have used, uh, in the past or that maybe your team uses with you to lead up with you? Yeah. And I think it starts with recognizing that with your leader, with your boss, that is a relationship. And so often in traditionally, we've been on the receiving end of that relationship and we're waiting, we're waiting to see what our boss does. And I encourage all leaders, you take the initiative in building and nurturing that relationship. Bosses get a bad rap. You know, I, I, I struggle with whenever I get the question, like, what are the worst, what, you know, what, who are the worst leaders you've ever worked with? And <laughs> because I always say to that, like, there, there are lots of times in my life, I've led a lot of teams and there are, there are, there are situations in which you could look at my leadership and say, that was, she's the worst leader I've ever worked with. And oh, yeah, I yeah. think there's, there's, it's behavioral, you know, and when, when leaders are are demonstrating poor behaviors. There's, it's for a lot of reasons. Often it's because there's a lack of trust or there's some challenges that we don't see. And so by leaning in and building a relationship and, and seeking to understand what are his or her priorities. I, uh, mm-hmm. I talk a lot about my business partners and, you know, there's, there's a relationship that I, that I struggled with early on that I, you know, I, I wanted to say, well, it's just not a values alignment or, you know, he's just not interested in what I do. And but I was making a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. and by being intentional about spending time with him and asking questions of him and really 
looking for what's important to him, you know, he has a ton of strengths that la- that round out my leadership and we are better together. None of mm-hmm. us is as smart as all of us. And ultimately we need each other. I, I, I love what you said there, Andrea, about the making assumptions, right? Sometimes we, we think we know what other people's motivations are or their what their agenda is. I know I just used air quotes on an audio podcast. But, uh, <laughs> but I but, got to see them. So. <laughs> but it's it's those assumptions sometimes that get in the way of the relationship. And and what I found is even with bad bosses, there's lessons that we can take out of that experience to help our own selves grow as leaders, right? And maybe it's, oh, I'd never want to do that. Or or uh, um, it's sometimes those lessons are stronger than from the positive leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, at so least, true. At least what I've found. So when, when, you're, when you're struggling, if you're, I'll use the word subordinate, uh, leader, subordinate. Yeah. Um, when you're subordinate to someone that's your manager or leadership, um, what are some things you can do to start building that relationship um, and, and start to broker that? Recognize what you aren't. So, so you're, you're, if you're feeling frustrated, you're probably not getting something from him or her. That very behavior, demonstrate that with your leader. Like maybe they don't recognize that that's a need that you have. So if you're, if you're feeling discouraged, mm-hmm. provide some encouragement to him or her. If you're feeling disconnected, like they're, they don't ask about my weekend. Well, ask about his or her weekend. Yeah. You know, do, do the things that you aren't getting. Ask questions of him or her. Pay, pay attention. Pay attention to what it is that that seems to be happening with him or her. And then acknowledge that. Gosh, don't we all just want to be seen? We all mm-hmm. want to be seen. So see your leader. I love that. And, that, you know, whenever I ask a question, sometimes I, you know, you're thinking ahead, right? And you, well, I know how <laughs> she's going to answer that. And that was completely opposite of where I thought we were going to go, which is amazing, right? Yeah. Um, because um, so many times, you know, uh, I find this especially, uh, I do coaching as well, and I've got some, some, some males that I coach and I have some females that I coach. Uh, I, I find that the males don't want to ask for what they need from their boss in that relationship aspect, right? They're, they're all, I, I don't want them to tell, I don't want to tell them that I need praise or I, you know, I need my strokes or whatever it is. Right. And I love how you turned that around and said, you, you didn't say, well, go tell them what you need. You said, go, express what you need by doing it with them. I love that, Andrea. That is fabulous. Hmm. Well, it's, it's modeling the way, right? Yeah. You you know, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kuzis and Posner's leadership challenge. And so it's always start with modeling the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that takes us to the, that takes us to the third theme. And the other thing that I recognize about the book is at least for me, it gets harder the deeper you go in the book, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? Big picture. Okay. Yeah. I love the big picture, 
And then those relationships, relationships can be messy and hard. Yep. Leading up is, is hard. The, the third theme, oh, step into and stay, stay in the hard stuff. Oh my gosh, is that hard to do? It, it is. It is. And I do, I do think there's something about, I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about how to name that one because mm-hmm. in, initially it was just step into, but I have seen through my experiences how I step in, but then I can so quickly step out. <laughs> so, yeah. We want to get like, through it, right? And we want to get through the uncomfortableness of whatever is hard. Uh, so let's make a decision. Let's go and let's, but, but this mm-hmm. concept of staying in, what are some keys that you've seen through your interviews, through your experience, the keys of being able to stay in the hard stuff. Well, and this is what's so cool is this is where the big picture and the relationships are so powerful because with that big picture, with this person that I'm seeing, there's okay, then I'm, then I'm, it's worth it. It's worth it to be uncomfortable. Oh, that gets me. That gets me choked yeah. up. <laughs> um, because it, it is that uncomfortableness. And, and my, my guess is that you kind of sequence the book in this for a reason, right? Yeah. It's, it's that uncomfortableness is where growth is happening. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's starting to give you that power in the pivot. Yeah. And the, 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 uh, the relationship that if, if you're a parent, we can all relate to with our kids, like not giving up, persevering through it. You know, my, my daughter um, had a very traumatic experience in May of 2020. And her first year, not only was it the pandemic season, but her first year at college, most Sundays I spent the entire day on the phone with her crying, like talking her off the ledge Um and so it was, it was this, it was, so why I get emotional when I think about that is like, I, I, of course I was going to do that. Like mm-hmm. that hard shit was the most important thing for me to do right then because yes. of our relationship and because of like who I want to be in her life, that bigger picture. Right. Yeah. And, and those, those lessons are, uh, <clears throat> There, 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 those moments, those life moments are, you just get caught up in them. And you know that with, with family, especially you have to be not have to, but it's where you need to be at yes. that moment is with, yes. is in that case with your daughter, um, uh, you know, from some of the stories we have shared that I, I've been there with my sons yeah. as well, yeah. uh, in, in not exactly the same situation, but similar where you're just. You just have to be in there with them. Yeah. How do you translate that into uh, your professional life, Andrea? Yeah. I so I think it is the same concept. It's just it expresses itself a bit differently, doesn't it? So if you think about the context of a team, you know, we're there's there's a lot of questions about the recession right now, and Mm -hmm. I've had some team members that have expressed. Like, oh, should we really be doing that? Do we really want to be investing in that? Do we? And what do I keep going back to? Let's look at our vision. Let's look at our strategic plan. We're going to stay the course. We're going to focus on what we can control. 
as I validate them. Well, yeah, you know, I, I'm hearing those things too. And I can understand how that would be challenging. And so it's, it's coupling that here's where we're going with the building trust and validation of the relationship through, through the way throughout. Like, I think that keeps people in it. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it's also, uh, as a leader, it's also okay to say, yeah, I'm a little nervous about it myself, right? Yeah. To, to be real about the, the situation. Um, and, and I love that you rely back on your vision, Yeah. right? This is what we're trying to do. This is why we're trying to do it. Yeah. Let's focus on the things we can control. So many times, especially as you know, a lot of our listeners are IT professionals, IT leaders. And so often during the day, we are not in control of everything yes. that's going on around us. But if we can center ourselves and focus on what we can control, sometimes that that chaos uh, resolves itself, right? Absolutely. Yeah, now, all, in, always. In, in the book, uh, you wrap things up with uh, the the last section is is power in the pivot, and you lay out this uh, four step visioning process. And I certainly, as I said earlier, I don't want to give away the book because I want all <laughs> of our listeners to uh, buy your book and and read it. Um, but I also want to tie it back to the episode of being at work that you recorded with your husband Robert. That, by, by the way, that was the most fun listening to a podcast I think I've ever had. Uh, to our listeners, we'll be sure and put a link to that episode in our show notes because it really was fun to hear them uh, talk about it. But but I know through that episode, you use those same strategies in your personal life. Very much so. So my question for you related to this is, how does the visioning process you use in your personal life tie into or guide the visioning process you do at HRD with your team? Well, I see them as the same vision. It, uh-huh. it, wherever I go, there I am. So most important to me is that I have, so I, there's some um, there's some great research that shows that it takes the average person seven years into the future before obstacles go away. So I'm a huge proponent of anytime you're goal setting or you're thinking about like what you want, possibilities of what it could be, you've got to go out. So 10-year vision is where mm-hmm. I always start. So I will always have a 10-year vision. I mean, I got it right here in my little binder next to me. And so then every year, so in it is, it is a vision for my life and it includes six categories, my spirituality or my faith, because that's the umbrella, Mm -hmm. my career, my family, my health goals, my financial goals, and my social goals. And so I, I start with, okay, in, so in, in 2033, what will my life look like in each of those areas? And it's interesting now, because I've been doing that since 2007. And it's, mm-hmm. so, it's interesting to see how every year, I mean, my health goals have gotten a lot more important over the last few years. Mm-hmm. My, um, it's so fun to see the things that I wrote down in 2007 come to fruition. 
Yeah. Now, there's a lot of things that haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. But right? directionally, right? Directionally. Yes. If you don't know where you're going, you're likely to end up someplace else. And I definitely know directionally that yeah. what's important to me. And so we will we will have the long-term vision. That's step one, which allows me then to say, okay, what are my goals for 2023 based on this? Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's not coming from a place of like, ooh, I don't like this. And so what goal am I going to set? Instead, yeah. it's like, oh, I know where I'm going. And so what am I going to do in 2023 to just get a little closer to that? Yeah. yeah. And to, to ensure that I'm doing the right, like I've got the habits. Why, you, you, I love James Clear's his quote, um, we don't fall to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our habits. So what mm-hmm. are those things I'm doing regularly that are getting me to the long term? The third then is bringing that to life. So I've got long-term vision. I've got annual goals. Step three then is what am I going to do this week? So something I do, which is, um, again, right next to me, every Sunday, I look at my long-term vision. I look at my goals. And then I say, what am I going to do this week? What are my top three this week? And it's actually a discipline that we have at HRD. So I get every Monday morning, I get from my team members, these are my top three for the week. It's easier to say no when you have a bigger yes, right? Uh-huh. So if I yeah. if I go to them midweek and it's like, oh, hey, I've had this this situation pop up. Can you help me? They've got a ne- great negotiation tool, right? It's like, well, mm-hmm. let's look at my priorities. Like here are my top three, as you know, like what makes sense, which is the priority. Um, it's just, it's it's an awesome discipline. Yeah. I learned that at, at Defenders. Dave Lindsay, the, the founder of Defenders, was a, just a huge proponent of, what are your top three? And he would literally walk around the office and ask people. And if you couldn't <laughs> name them, um, it's, it's just been a huge tool. So that's, that is how the big picture weaves into my day to day. And in some weeks, you know, there are some family commitments on there some weeks. So, so this week it's a heavy podcasting week. It's a heavy mm-hmm. client delivery week for me. And in sales are my top three focus areas this week. That That's excellent. I love how you funnel down, the, the big picture, the 10 year plan to an annual plan, to a weekly plan, to a daily plan. Yeah. That, that, that's yeah. excellent. Well, it, it's come to that point in, uh, in the program, uh, Andrea, uh, where <laughs> I put you on the hot seat a little bit. Oh, I love uh, being on the hot seat. Um, as, um, as our listeners know, status go is all about action. It's in our name. So Let's what are it. one or two things our listeners should do tomorrow because they listened to you and I today? Think about your life in 2033. What does it look like? What are the things you know? And then what are the possibilities for you? I love that. And and you were so quick on that. That you didn't even have to think. That was mm. that was awesome. Well, because uh, because you are the map maker, right? What mm-hmm. are you creating? That's excellent. That is excellent. And and I'll throw in another action uh, on on top of that. I've mentioned it a couple of times. Buy the book. It's on Amazon. Uh, it is uh, it is a great read. Uh, you will probably recognize some of the names uh, of the of the folks that Andrea has interviewed on being at work. Um, and the lessons will be amazing for you. I have no doubt, no doubt. 
Well, Andrea, I really want to thank you for carving out time to to come on Status Go. I enjoy our conversations every time we get together and yes. just so appreciate you and, and your time today. Yeah, and I just want to thank you as well and lift you up. I mean, you hundred and over 180 episodes, mm-hmm. Status Go, and yeah. I know you are so passionate about emerging talent and changing the face of the IT profession. And I, I just, I see you doing that every day. And I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing, Jeff. Well, thank you for that as well. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information, and we will be sure to link to that episode of Being at Work that I mentioned. This is Jeff Tun for Andrea Butcher. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.